0: Can make you dizzy right there, can't it? I mean that that was moving uh, in my spare time. I did that this past uh, week, no, just kidding. We have a team of people so talented and so gifted, and I just I just love that. Well, how are you? Are you well you, you're wearing a Packer's jersey today. You are an eternal optimist, all right? I, I don't want to tell you who's playing today, but um, Wow, it's not the Packers. (laughs) Uh, Those of you in Green Bay, we will pray for you online. Welcome. We're so glad you're here. Uh, What a great day to worship. We're in a message series called We the People. And two Sundays ago, um, Ethan and Paws started off by talking about our identity, And if you don't understand your identity, it doesn't really matter what your function is. And so they started off with the Lion King and a clip with Simba. And they're reminding Simba, remember who you are, remember who you are. And for those of us that remember the Lion King, how many of you remember the Lion King? And it's kind of a cool show and emotional. Um, It's so important that we remember who we are. And so the Bible talks about that Really, we are a nation of priests. And so I want to start with that verse in Exodus chapter 19. In Exodus chapter 19, it really describes your identity. And you're going, huh? I'm not sure. I don't I'm not sure I agree with that. But Exodus chapter 19 says this. It says, if you obey me fully and you keep my covenant, then out of all the nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, look at verse 6 now. You will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. I miss this for the last 40 years. I miss the fact that God started off with a desire for all of his people to be a nation of priests. Because so far in my life, every time I think of a priest, what do I think of? I think of a Catholic priest or a Roman Orthodox priest or a Greek Orthodox priest or an Episcopal priest. Every time you and I think of the word priest, we're going, I don't qualify because we think it's now very exclusive. And so the scriptures talk about what happened then is the golden calf. Exodus 19 verse 5 and 6, it was God's will that all the Jews, two, three million of them coming out of Egypt, would be a nation of priests. But what happened then was the golden calf. And the golden calf then put everything sideways. And now there was only one tribe, the tribe of Levi that would rise up. And the tribe of Levi then became God's treasure possession. But I have a statement here that I want you to see, and we're going to come back to over the course of this this series. What God initiates, he always reinstates. Whatever God's plan A was, He's going to get to plan A sometime, somewhere, somehow. Whatever God initiates, He always, always reinstates. God started off with a garden. The Scriptures, the Bible, and the book of Revelation ends with a garden. He starts off with the tree of life. It ends with the tree of life. He starts off with marriage. What is plan A for marriage? That's why we built the wedding chapel. Our chapel ministry is always plan A. The couple may not agree with it. The couple may not like it. The couple may not want to live up to it. The couple may want plan B, plan C, plan D. We always teach God's plan A. Can you imagine as a church teaching God's plan C for the family? Yeah, I can't imagine that. So whatever God initiates, he always, he always reinstates. So I've got, I want you to see verse 6 again. This is his plan. You will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Yeah, but Kurt, that was the Old Testament. That was a long time ago. That was 4,000 or 5,000 years ago. Okay, let's go to the book of Revelation. Let's go to the New Testament. Let's go to the last book. Revelation chapter 5, verse 10 says this. You will be for me a kingdom of priests. Same as Exodus chapter 19. Whatever God initiates he always reinstates. You will be for me a kingdom of priests. Now, I want to speak to some of you that are online, some of you in the room. You're going, I don't know if I even want to be a Christian. I don't even know if I agree that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. I'm not even sure that I want to put my faith and trust in a, in a guy named Jesus who supposedly died on a cross, and somehow an angel comes along and rolls the stone away, and he's now sitting at the right hand of God the Father. The priesthood is not where you are to start. You start with your journey. You start with trying to figure out, did this guy who made all these claims, did he really rise from the dead? That's where you start. You start there. And then for most of you that are online and in the house this morning, you're trying to figure out, how could I ever be a priest? Do you know what I've done? Well, actually, I do know what most of you have done, okay? It's the grace of God. Do you know where I've been? I don't feel like I could ever be a priest. So many of you struggle with this because all you've ever seen is exclusivity. It's not been inclusive. God's not given you a vision. I missed this for 40 years. I went through four years of Bible college, three years of graduate school. I've got a degree in Greek and Hebrew. And I missed the fact that God's intention was for you to be a priest. Now, you can be a sheep. And we're going to talk about this next week. And next week, you can be a sheep or you can be a priest. So next week, if you don't like this morning, do not come back next week. Because this is candy land compared to next week. Next week, you need a hard hat and a seatbelt on for next week. So about seven of you, just come to my house. We can go to my garage, okay? We'll all just fit in my garage next week. But, but I want you to understand, I missed this. I did not understand Exodus 19, that God had a treasured possession. The golden calf thing happened. I know whatever he initiates, he reinstates, but I missed the priesthood. Because you don't feel good enough to be a priest. You don't feel qualified to be a priest. And I, I get that. I totally understand that. But I want you to know that God put his spirit inside of you. And because of that, you have a holy swagger. That'll preach. You have a holy swagger. Not, not, not cockiness. You, you have confidence. Because you see what God did in Galatians chapter 4. Listen to this verse. God said this. Because your sons and daughters, God sent the spirit of his son into us. He put his spirit into us. The spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. The spirit is on the inside. It's not on the outside. It's on the inside. And what's on the inside is dying to get on the outside. You see, when a priest walks into a room, he shifts the atmosphere. When a priest walks into a room, she shifts the atmosphere because she has a holy swagger. There's a spiritual confidence. A priest doesn't even have to say anything and the atmosphere shifts and the atmosphere changes because God has put his spirit inside of you. Now, I don't know how high the pilot light's flying and flowing. But everybody's got the pilot light, like a gas pilot light, so to speak. So let's turn up the flame. Let's turn it up today just a notch or two. Well, I want you to see two more verses from the New Testament, because I don't know how for 40 years I missed this, but I did. Revelation chapter 1 verse 6 says the same thing. He's made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God and Father. The priesthood is not exclusive. It's it's not inclusive. I'm sorry. It it is inclusive. We're all to be priests. And then look at what the Apostle Peter says in 1 Peter 2, verse 9. He says, you're a chosen people. What? You are a royal priesthood. So Ethan and Pause started off with identity. Last Sunday... Amos started off with one of the four functions of a priest. Now, a priest does four things. You have to understand I'm a priest, but then there are four activities that a priest does. There's four functions from a priest. And what I love about what we aggressively collaborated as teaching pastors with about this was Amos started with the most important one. If you don't have what he talked about last week, You can't really do the other three. The other three are fruit, are results of what we talked about last Sunday. And last Sunday, what a priest does is a priest carries God's presence. Everywhere a priest goes, a priest carries the presence. The presence of God, the presence of God, the presence of God. The priest carries the presence at work. The priest carries the presence at home. The priest carries the presence in the grocery store. The priest carries the presence when somebody's on the phone freaking out and you are not freaking out because you've got the presence and the power of God. So that's where we started last week and Amos had some pretty really cool points. I want to just mention all three of those. Let's put those up there. He talked about you listen to the call. I think, I think listening is so important. Sometimes our prayers are like one-way telephone conversations. Yep, 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 yep. Bengals are going to win today. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> Goodbye. And you hang up. Okay? You don't even listen to the other guy going, I'm a Rams fan. Hold on. I mean, sometimes we do this with God. We, we don't even, we just talk to God. And then we hang up on God. Amen. So we listen to the call. There's an offering that you carry. He talked about that. And you carry the Spirit. And if you missed the last two weeks, I really encourage you to go back and watch those. Because we're going to introduce another one today. And the one that we're going to introduce today is also out of Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 8. So Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 8 says, At that time the Lord set apart the tribe of Levi. This was plan B. This wasn't plan A. Plan A was that you will be a kingdom of priests to serve him we got now the Ark of the Covenant. You're going to carry the Ark of the Covenant, which is the presence. Everywhere the Ark of the Covenant went was the presence of God. The Ark carried the presence. Where the Ark went, there was the presence. The Ark carries the presence of God. To stand before the Lord to minister, we'll talk about that, and to pronounce blessings, that's where we're at today. Say, pronounce blessings. And when you think about pronounce blessings, this is what it's not. It is not when somebody sings a great song up here and you go, Man, that blessed my heart. Yes, it did. But that's encouragement. You're telling Jeannie just from a minute ago, the last song. You're telling Jeannie, Jeannie, that blessed my heart. Well that you're encouraging Jeannie, but that's not a blessing. That's not the blessing from the priest. Or it's your birthday. And someone gives you a new pair of shoes, or they give you a shirt, or they give you, you know, whatever, a purse. You say, oh man, they, they, just, they just blessed me. Well, well, yes, but that's not a biblical blessing. That was generosity. We all love generosity. So encouragement, generosity, that, that's not what a biblical blessing is. Here's what a biblical blessing is: this is what you are to do. This is who you are to be. This is what is available for you but it takes blood, sweat, toil, and tears. It takes time. It takes grit. It takes guts. It takes energy. It takes will. A biblical blessing changes history. A biblical blessing changes destiny. A biblical blessing moves heaven and earth. It's the Lord's Prayer. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. A biblical blessing opens up doors. A biblical blessing provides all the funds necessary for kingdom activity and for kingdom work. A biblical blessing expands the kingdom of God. It opens doors for salvation and for souls. A biblical blessing changes you and matures you and grows you and grows you up. So what is a biblical blessing? It's not a denial of reality. You never deny reality. You can't ever grow or change or move if you deny reality. So a biblical blessing is not pretending that something isn't real. It's just refusing to allow it to stay there. That's what a priest does. A priest shifts the atmosphere. A priest changes destiny. A priest moves heaven and earth. A priest takes what is real and moves it to reality. It's exactly what Jesus did When Jesus said to Simon Peter, you are the rock, when he wasn't even a pebble. Okay? That's what a blessing is. So, let me give you this. Number one, biblical blessings catalyze destiny in people's lives. That's what a biblical blessing does. You are recognizing where someone is, but you refuse to leave it where they are. There's a marriage in trouble. It's in trouble. You can't deny it's in trouble. Don't pretend it's not in trouble. It's in trouble. I'm just not going to leave it in trouble. You've got a child. It's got a wayward spirit or wayward bent. It's, you can't deny that, but you're not going to leave it there. See, uh, uh, you catalyze their destiny. <clears throat> Remember in chemistry, the old catalysts, those experiments that you would have, you'd pour something in, then you'd put a catalyst in, and it would kind of erupt. Well, let's, let's look at one of them. Let's see, let's see one. <clears throat> This is a catalyst. He's pouring a catalyst into this. There you go, baby. That's what a catalyst does. A catalyst is a change agent. A catalyst speeds things up. A catalyst takes something that is and it makes it accelerate. It changes it. So what happens then is, well, let me describe it a little bit better. Isaac is getting ready to give a blessing to his son, Jacob. While Jacob is a liar, a thief, and a deceiver. How do you like that? And he doesn't condemn him. He catalyzes his future. He catalyzes his destiny. So while Jacob is a liar, a thief, a deceiver, a cheater, his father Isaac prays this blessing. His father didn't deny reality. He refuses to accept reality. That's what a priest does. So listen to Genesis chapter 27, verse 28. May God give you heaven's due and earth's richness, an abundance of grain and new wine. May the nations serve you and peoples bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers, and may the sons of your mother bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed, and those who bless you be blessed. This is an incredible prayer. Jacob, you are a liar, a thief, a deceiver, a cheat, but let me tell you what you're going to be. You're going to be really, really blessed. And God said, I'm going to bless you deeply and intently. Are you starting to dream how this applies to the people in your life? Are you starting to think about your neighbors and your co-workers and your family members? Are you starting to see that you have a role and a responsibility to transform their lives? 30 years ago, <clears throat> I think Denita and I were dabbling in this. We did not understand this. So 30 years ago, uh, Erica's born, 32 years ago, Erica's born, and a little baby girl, we're first-time parents, and all of a sudden, she's not a great sleeper, I mean, I'm out with a stroller, I'm putting her on top of the dryer, I I had Erica on the dryer in a car seat, I, I don't know what my electric bill was, and I could care less, but when she was on that dryer, she was asleep, I'd walk her anyway, we finally get her to sleep and we and then Danita would say to me, She said, Let's go in her bedroom and pray over her. I said, let's stay right here and pray over her. <laughs> we just got her to sleep. We are not going, yeah, we are. We're going, I'm, you know, like a lamb led to the slaughter. I'm following Danita in the, you know, in the bedroom, you know. <clears throat> and there Danita is starting to pray over Erica. Starting to pray. Great spiritual prayers and requests over Erica. Intensely pouring out of her heart. Then we have a little boy, 18 and a half months later, named Ethan. And so we go to Erica's bedroom first, or to Ethan's, whichever one fell asleep first. And we started praying a destiny over Ethan. And, and, and our prayers were not that our children would survive, but our children would thrive. And by the time Emily came along, it was like a habit. It was a routine. We'd go into all three bedrooms and just catalyze their destiny. May they be great, have a heart for you. May they serve you. May they, may they be great with numbers, great with people, great with music. May they travel. May you expand their territory. May you, may you, may you, may you. And we, we prayed to destiny over our children that was so far out of where we were. Where we were, who we were, what we understood, our economics, our education, our sphere of influence was here. But we are praying. We are praying for that influence over here to grow and to grow and to grow and to grow. And I I think even 32 years ago, we started this spark. And then as I'm reading through this, and then another book helped me understand that you are a priest. It is not exclusive to a few people in a few denominations. God's desire, according to Exodus chapter 19, is that we, his people, would be a nation of priests. And we would change and we would move heaven and earth. And your prayers will move heaven and earth. You never accept reality that's plan B, plan C, plan D on any part, any phase of your life, any part, any phase of your business, any part, any phase of your neighborhood, any part, any phase of our nation. We never accept reality. We pray for what God has plan A to be. Another example of this is now at the end of Jacob's life. So Isaac is blessing Jacob while Jacob's a liar, a thief, a cheater. Great news is Jacob transformed. Jacob became an honest man. Jacob became a great man. Jacob became a man that was just awesome. And all of a sudden now, it's Jacob's turn to bless his children. And so now Jacob is pouring out his life over his sons. And I want you just to hear a couple of these. So in in Genesis chapter 49, listen to now Jacob, who was a liar, a thief, a cheater, who's now become a godly man, now praying for his sons who need to grow, now praying for his sons who need to get their act together. He says this, Reuben, you are my firstborn, my might, the first of my strength, excelling in honor, excelling in power, And when he is prophesying this over his son, he's weak and he's not worth two dead flies. Look that up in a theology dictionary. I don't know. Probably won't find it, okay? Look at Judah. This is the line of King David. This is the line that came through Jesus Christ. When he's writing this Go back and look at the story of Judah and the sexual immorality and the foolish decisions and the things that Judah did. Judah, your brothers will praise you. Your hand will be on the neck of your enemies and your father's sons will bow down to you. The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet until he to whom it belongs shall come and the obedience of the nation shall be. Nations. He's praying a prayer of nations bowing down to Judah. When he's praying this prayer, it's like, what? And yet that's exactly what's happened through the line and the lineage of Jesus Christ is Judah. It's amazing. Unbelievable. Well, there's a whole bunch of these in there. I, I, just, I just want you to start to picture how this works. So just recently... Um, I I just love my grandkids. I love my kids. I love my grandkids. Grandkids are the absolute bonus round. If you don't have grandkids, just trust me. They're the bonus round. They're just amazing. And so the youngest one um, was fussy. She's eight months, fussy and stirring and nap time. And I said, I got this. I got this. Just bring it. I got this. And so... I got one of those. You know, I don't know what you call that thing. You carry them in. What, what's that thing? Carrier? I don't know what's called. What's called? But anyway, whatever that thing is, you put babies in. She's eight months old and she's fighting me. She's right here, papoose, like in front of me, and I'm like, "Honey, I, honey, I've raised Ethan. I can raise you. Trust me. I can raise Erica, Ethan. I can raise you." And and this is Emily's, you know, and Andrews. And so, ten minutes, she's asleep. Ten minutes shes sound asleep, just and i 'm just holding her, and the whole time i 'm holding her, I am praying every blessing I can think of. She was asleep for an hour, and for one hour, I am catalyzing her destiny. I am prognosticating her future, Lily, you will be Lily, you will have a heart for God, Lily, you will, you will, you will, you will the power of the heavenly Father. See, because I'm a priest and you're a priest and I carry a holy swagger and you carry a holy swagger. And we have the ability to change reality and destiny. The ability to move heaven and earth. That's what we do. And for all three of my grandchildren, every single day, I pray, give them a greater heart for you. Every single day, give them a greater. Give Asher, give Callie, give Lily, give them a heart for you. You see, you're a priest. And what you do as a mom, what you do as a dad, a grandfather, what you do as a family member, as a business owner, as a worker, in a in an, what you do, as you spend your time and your energy changing the course of history. That was plan A. All the way back to Exodus 19, 5 and 6. I want you to be my treasured possession. I want you to be a, a nation, a kingdom of, of priests. So how do you do this? Well, we're going to do it in just a minute. But I want to give you some more traction. So, one of the ways you do this is you call forth the future. Remember, biblical blessings catalyze destiny in someone's life. You call forth the future. Uh, Yes, the marriage is terrible. Yes, it is. You're not denying reality. But, Lord, I'm going to pray for him. I'm going to pray for her. I'm going to pray for them. Yes, there's way too much alcohol. But I am praying for him, for her to come to their senses. Yes, there's this addiction. I'm not denying the addiction. It's real. But Lord, by the power invested in me and you as priests, I'm asking you to change the course of the destiny of his life, of her life. Yeah, I've got a son or daughter. Or older grandson or older granddaughter, whatever you've got, or a brother or sister, and they're not going the right direction. It's not going well. So don't ignore it. It's not going well. But I'm a priest, and I'm going to catalyze his destiny. I'm going to catalyze her destiny. You see, you have a holy swagger inside of you. It doesn't matter if you're 12 or you're 102 in this room. You have it. You have it. Galatians 4, verse 6 says, He put His Spirit inside of you. Calls out, Abba, it's on the inside of you. Number two. Go ahead and put it up. As a priest, your job is not to deny reality, but to alter what is reality. Sometimes we don't use, I don't use perfect, sentences up here, because I don't have enough room. But your job is not to deny reality, but it's to alter what is reality. Number three, priests exercise the gifts of calling a piece of coal a diamond while it's still buried in the dirt. That had to have been Jesus with Simon Peter. Peter, you're the rock. Well, he wasn't the rock when he said it. He wasn't close to Rocky at that point, but he became a great man of God. And that's what you're doing with all the people in your life. You're praying for them. They're making progress. They're growing. They're transforming from image to image, from glory to glory. Everybody's moving the right direction. Number four, you've been given by God the right to speak life and destiny. Well, I I, I know you feel insecure. I know every day you wake up with angst, anxiety. I know every day you don't think you're smart enough, you're good enough, you're pretty enough, you're wealthy. I I know that. We're going to catalyze your future. We're going to catalyze your destiny. This is who you are. You are a son, a child of God. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. There's nobody like you. Number five. An authentic word of blessing never leaves someone where it finds them. It always develops them. And so I want you to think right now of a family member that's really on your heart. And what's the family member's problem? Is it their marriage? Is it an addiction? Is it a hard heart? Is it spiritual apathy? Is it fear? I want you to think about that family member's greatest issue right now. And I want you to catalyze their destiny. Yes, he, she is here. But Lord, you're going to make them there. You're going to soften hearts. You're going to influence minds. You're going to change the trajectory of, so let's pray. Let's just pray. You pray, and, I will, and I'll do another category in just a minute. How long do you pray for this? Till they fully embrace the reality of your prayer. I want to ask you to take a friend, a a good friend of yours, and your burden for her, your burden for him. You love him, but he's, he's 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 challenged right now. He's he's fearful right now. He's lost his way, or she's she's lost her way. Pray for your friend right now. Catalyze her future. Catalyze her destiny. I want you to pray about work. Somebody at work is in trouble, or at least off balance. Catalyze their future, catalyze their destiny. So all week long, the rest of your earthly life, I mean this, this is your job description. The rest of your earthly existence, if you want to know what to do, this is what you do. You bless the people. You bless the people. You change History. You change the destiny in the course of people's eternal destiny. You move heaven and earth. So, what we want to do this morning to end with is we're going to sing this great scripture verse. Scripture. Uh, it's a song called "The Blessing." But here's how I want you to think about it this morning <clears throat> as we worship with this song this morning. I want you to receive. Those of you online, I want you to receive. This is God filling you, blessing you. So you're full of his presence. And as you're full of his presence, everywhere you go then, you're able to bless the people. Let's stand, let's receive this great invitation from God.
1: Lord we come before you Jesus we thank you I just pray for every person in this room that that just sinks in that your presence right now as we leave this place all week long that you go before us Lord your presence goes before us just let that truth sink in today the presence of the living God is going before you. The presence of the living God is behind you. He is beside you. He is within you. He is surrounding you. And you're weeping. He is with you and you're rejoicing. He is there. His blessing is is upon you his favor rests upon you you are loved he sees you he knows you he cares for you so father this week as your priest may we see people the way you do and lord would we speak to the people around us how you see them not how they are but how you see them not based upon their reality, but based upon the future that you have called them into. Thank you for who you have called us today, your children, your priest. Thank you for this word, this message that you're bringing forth to life in all of us. I can't imagine what our city, our town, our country could look like if just the people in this room, Lord, if we could say yes to being your priest, to everywhere we walk, to be pronouncing blessings upon people, not talking bad about them, not looking bad upon where they are, but catalyzing them into their future, reminding people they are loved. They have a God who cares for them. We thank you, Father. So as we leave here today, your presence, you go before us, you're behind us, you're beside us. And Lord, we carry your presence. And now, Lord, we release your blessings. We love you. We worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you guys, thank you. As you exit today, we have the mosaic in the back corner. And we'd love for you to take your picture as well as we'll have people there ready to pray over you and bless you. God bless you. Have a great week.